to Wobblies and Wizards. I am your host, Logar the Barbarian, and I've got a special guest with me, the author of the upcoming dungeon that's DNGN Weird Fantasy Mega Dungeon, Vasily. Welcome. Hey, Logar. Thank you so much for having me on. No doubt, no doubt. So, what can folks expect from Dungeon? DNGN, that is. <laughs> Well, this is uh, well. This is firstly going to be a zine, uh, which launches on the eighth of February on Kickstarter. It's going to be a serialized zine, uh, and this is the first issue. And it's going to be an ongoing weird fantasy mega dungeon. Oh, that's cool! With each issue probably containing ten levels. Oh, uh, you know, random tables. You know, there'll be kind of you know some original monsters, original magic items, but but a lot of kind of classic monsters too. You know, which all come from old school essentials. And this is going to be special in that it's going to be risographically printed. Oh, I like that. Yeah. So 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 what I'm trying to do with with these zines is kind of make them, you know, make them kind of these little kind of collectible kind of artifacts. And, you know, and the idea comes from, I'm a big fan of uh, science fiction zines from the 1950s. Oh, yeah. Uh, I have several. And those were done with a mimeograph, which, which is, you know, which is a spirit duplicator. And I think the risograph is kind of, you know, the successor to that. And it, it just has an ambience and a quality, which, which I just completely love. And so this is the first time I'm actually going to print something using that technique. What can you tell me and my listeners about that technique? What makes it different from, I don't know, my Xerox or that the regular print that we get? Uh, what actually makes it different is that my zine will be two colors. And I believe that the risograph machine, uh, I mean, the risograph machine, I think, you know, was invented in Japan as, as an office photocopier. So what it actually does is, in my case... Uh, there are two colors in the zine and the colors are made as kind of solid kind of plates. I, I, I believe they're plastic mm -hmm. and it's a case where uh, the, the ink is smeared onto the plate and then it sort of, you know, uh, adheres to the paper. So, so the color is very rich uh, and it's very, very solid. It's not the four color sort of dotting technique. And what I love about risograph, risographic printing is there's ambience and glitches, like things aren't perfectly lined up. So it has a handmade quality. And what's exciting about it as well is that the paper stocks that you can print, uh, you know, that, that are often using risographic printing are just kind of just stunning. I mean, they just feel just fantastic in your hand. And, and you know, they, they feel very sort of collectible. Uh, they feel like an artifact that you want to kind of use, but then carefully put away in a bag somewhere and sort of store carefully. 100%. That hits like quite a few... Checks quite a few boxes there for me. When I was a kid, I used to buy baseball cards, mostly because of the bubble gum, but then I started collecting them. I never paid attention that much to baseball, but I liked to collect them. And at the same time, I started buying little comics at the dime store. And so I've always had this collectible, I want to collect things. <laughs> it's always been the way I've done things. And and since I've discovered like the whole what's going on in zine world, I feel like that's what I've been collecting lately. And the idea that there's a mega dungeon and multiple nice little artistically printed little zines. I, I love that. That's cool. I love mega dungeons. Right. I'm a big fan of the mega dungeon. <laughs> well, look, I was similar to you in that when I was a young kid, I collected comic for many, many, many years. And I collected everything. I collected things like Star Wars cards. Oh, yeah. Movie cards. You know, <laughs> I, I, did, I collected, yeah. you know, I collected all that kind of stuff. <laughs> 
And, and, and that's what I used to do. I used to kind of put things away and sort of carefully preserve them. You know, I think the, the thing with zines is how it just differs from, say, a standard kind of a book, say, is that, you know, a, a lot of careful thought goes into the physicality of them. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, it goes into the size and they are really kind of artifacts. And, 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 and I think what they've done with games is they've just, you know, they've brought a completely different audience to them. In the sense that, I mean, look, there's lots of zines that I buy and collect, but I don't play. I just oh, yeah. don't have the time to play them. I don't have the players to play. But I still love buying them and sort of receiving this kind of really beautiful item in, in the post and, and, and then sort of kind of fawning over it. So, so that's, that too has become my sort of collecting hobby, which is, um, which is basically like RPG zines. Oh, yeah. That's, I think that's where I've been, I've been buying role-playing games and books for decades and decades and i like i think that number one zines aren't gonna break the bank like when you go to buy a D D book it's like 50 bucks a pop zines ranging prices you know 10 to 20 bucks is a little bit more manageable to pick one up and like you said i can get quite a few more for that same 50 bucks i can pick up three different zines i do prefer that they be something that i'm that i'm playing a lot of times like like there's something that i own like mothership yeah, yeah. or old school essentials or at least compatible with some old style but i have also picked up a lot that are games on their own right and i love them some of them i've been able to get to the table some of them i haven't i'd like to the thing about when it's compatible is i can I can at least, if I don't run the whole thing, I can yank pieces out for what I have. I mean, that's what's great about zines. They're a great resource that if you're not going to use at all, there's always a nugget that you can sort of pull out and put into your own games. Oh yeah, that, that's that's awesome. I like that about it. <laughs> and, and the other thing I love about zines is that like generally in RPGs, I mean, zines sort of kind of conform to this kind of small size, you know? Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, they conform to this kind of like eight by five inch or so size and they're staple bound. I mean, that's another important thing about zines too, that, mm -hmm. that, that you know, that they're actually bound by staples. Like, it, you know, it would be kind of unusual to see a perfect bound zine. <laughs> and they also conform to, you know, to kind of a, a page count. Like you wouldn't really sort of do a zine, say over 60 pages, because it would be very hard to staple a zine like that. So what it does for creators, it, it, it sort of gives you parameters to be productive, you know, because you're not making like a 300 page kind of tome, you know, with, with like a, a, a grand setting. I mean, you can sort of be very focused, very specialized. And then, you know, my zine, I think is going to be I think it's 32 pages and maybe a few more, if, you know, if we hit the stretch goals. But that to me, you know, that that really is something that is a really great manageable project that I can work on for a few months and know that I have finished something, you know, and that I have yeah. something to kind of share with the world. Yeah. So that's, you know, that's the other appealing thing I find about, uh, you know, current zine culture. I think one thing too is that it's, you know, you may not have, three i'm not saying that you specifically but there's people out there that may not have 300 pages of ideas that they want to put out into a book they might have 20 30 pages of really good creative stuff i mean we are gamers in this circle people who are role players tend to be creative absolutely and you know there's just amazing uh inventiveness that we're seeing now in scenes like it really sort of blows me away like every time i go into kickstarter or exalted funeral like someone's just come up with a great idea, like a great, you know, a great way to present them or a great printing technique or, 
great design. And that's, you know, that's another thing we're seeing in zines a lot too, you know, is the fantastic sort of attention to things like graphic design. Oh, I love that. Yeah. And that's, and, 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 you know, if, if you sort of look at like, say, you know, uh, sort of independent RPGs, like if you want to call it the OSR and you look at them like 10 years ago, I mean, those kinds of design values weren't there. It was, you know, but, you know, back then, you know, 10, 15 years ago, it was kind of simply like, kind of information yes and now it's kind of like there are some super creative people who who are just bringing these kinds of you know design sensibilities to them and that kind of amplifies them in a in a completely different way so all kind of mixed up with the content and the artwork you know you kind of get these great sort of art objects you know but that are functional too that, that you can actually like use in a game oh yeah and that to me is like really really exciting oh yeah yeah it's definitely i think that what's going on in the independent game scene the zine scene the osr the nsr there's a lot of terms i've heard thrown around uh but whatever's whatever this is that's going on right now it's 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 happening a lot it's a big boom and like you said like the design uh, blows my mind that's one of the things i love about this stuff the big companies don't have anything to compare i mean one of the greatest is knock that thing is that thing knocks amazing that thing is like that thing's a work of art i love those things (laughs) i was like i mean knocks amazing because it's kind of like every every double page spread has a completely sort of almost a a different design approach you know oh it's good it is a beautiful piece of work that's really 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 well done that's really fantastic there's definitely a whole section of design that just boomed after uh morkborg came out wherever it's just like an entire trend that's going on there's tons of that going on right now a lot of different stuff happening and yeah i'm i appreciate it I, as someone who's worked a lot in printing and design over the years i i really like it yeah i mean i mean i mean the mork borg thing is, is super interesting to me because it's kind of uh you know it's kind of basically uh spurred on a complete design sensibility which is like looks like mork borg i mean i i have tons of third-party supplements for mork borg and you know there's commonalities like you know, the use of hot pinks mm-hmm. and, you know, sort of acidic yellows and kind of tons and tons of fonts, you know, oh, yeah. of, of all kinds of styles, you know, in the one zine. And that, and that was really, I, I, I think, pioneered by Mork Borg, you know. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that is, you know, really an amazing thing to have happened to games where, you know, there's a Mork Borg style to sort of lay out. Almost, you know? <laughs> there is, there is. I, the one zine that I've been wanting to get my hands on and I missed, I, I've missed it every time it's been available somehow. I've been trying to get a copy. There's two copies, there are two issues of that. The Night Yeast. Have you seen that one? I have seen Night Yeast. Um, that's th- that again, too. Uh, it, yeah, it just, it just slips my mind. I've seen images of it. I don't have it. But I think that that too, uh, that, that, that is done with a risographic technique as well. Yeah, it's, that's risographically printed. Yeah, it looks like a beautiful piece of work. Oh, it's a, it's it's a beautiful piece of work, and the maps are beautiful, the designs beautiful, and 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 it really has that risographic sort of quality of, like we said, the ambience and the kind of glitches in the printing. I mean, that really adds such a lovely warmth to it. Uh, yeah, but I, I I did not pick up a copy of that, and uh, but after this conversation, I might try and track it down. If you can track one down and tell me where to find a physical copy, please let me know, because I've been looking for a while. And anybody out there, if you can get me a physical copy, I'd be thrilled. Now, who's doing, who's, who's working on, is this you working on the art on Dungeon? Or is it, was, 
Who's doing that? Because that's pretty nice what I see there. Well, I mean, the, the art on the cover is actually art that's in the public domain. Oh, okay. In a lot of my previous work, like my Quila scenes, of which there were two, I mean, that, that work is public domain as well. I, I usually find that kind of stuff on museum sites, um, you know, because like I think a lot of museums now provide really high res images, which are free to use commercially. Oh, that's, that's not a place I've ever thought to look. Places like the Smithsonian Museum, and the British Museum have like millions and millions of images available. The cover of Dungeon is, I think, an illustration. I can't remember who it's by. It's like a 16th or 17th uh, century illustration by of St. George slaying the dragon, which I modified slightly in, in photo. Photoshop. And what I'm hoping to do with one of the stretch goals is actually commission some artwork for the interior of the scene. Oh, so, so at the moment, at the moment, everything uh, in Dungeon is a two-page spread with a map on the left and the key to, and the key area is all on the right. So a, a referee can just run it just by opening up a page. But what I'll do is uh, if we meet some stretch goals, I'll punctuate it by doing some double page spreads of original art. And, you know, I have some artists in mind for that who've kind of agreed to it. So, so, so if we get to those stretch goals, you know, we'll, we'll populate the zine with, with original artwork. That's awesome. Well, we're coming up close on time. So before I get off here, I'd like you to let our listeners know where they can find you and where they can, you know, back this at as well. Ah, well, um, my website is my publishing imprint. It's called Singing Flame. And the website address is singingflame.com. And if you look me up on Twitter, and my Twitter address is the reverse of that, it's actually Flame Singing, or you could probably look up Singing Flame and find me. There'll be a link to the Kickstarter page somewhere high up in my posts. So, 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 so that will, that's where I exist. And I also run an Instagram account, which isn't necessarily for my publishing imprint. It's it it uh, the Instagram account is o o s r r p g, and what I do on that is I actually post um, just things that I really like that that are in the OSR. So I usually do you know the cover and ten page spreads and a summary of what's in there, and um, and that's you know that's that's a lot of fun to do. That you know has a, a couple of thousand followers now. Oh, good. And I yeah, and I I tend to just kind of buy stuff and if i like it i i usually sort of post them up there and uh and and that's just something that that's very enjoyable to do so they're the three places that uh you can find me online and as always you can find us on facebook just search wobblies and wizards if you enjoyed what you've heard here today please leave us a positive review and those of you that have left positive reviews i want to thank you so much it's helpful you'll find me on twitter at logar we now have a patreon we started Try to push that. It takes us a little money and effort from our own time and all to put this out. So if you enjoy having a daily RPG podcast, please consider going there and supporting us. That's patreon.com backslash wobblies and wizards. And as always, keep those dice rolling.